So we see that contrived games can lead to real gains insofar as those games involve enough elements of reality. What does that mean? So uh, we see that basically everything that we are involved in appears to be arbitrary, at least in some way. We have things that might be maybe are less arbitrary, such as our breathing, but still we can determine maybe how we breathe, our breathing technique, but food, we have to eat something, have to have some source of calories and energy, but obviously what precisely we eat varies tremendously, but from there, food, water, okay, fine, sleep, these things. But from there, everything that we do day in and day out, it would seem to be arbitrary. For example, we work at a given job, but it could be another job. We play a given sport, it could be another sport, or the rules can be changed. We live in a given nation with certain laws, but the laws could be changed. So it, somebody could see that, and superficially, if they want, if they have an emotional reason to, as, as is often the case, could say, you know, everything is arbitrary, everything is made up, nothing really matters, it can be whatever. Why well, I can play these rules, those rules. So is that true? So we would say that a game only works, in quote-unquote, a game, insofar as it involves elements from reality. So, for example... Um, there could be different laws in a country, but if one of those, uh, uh, to, to a great extent, but if some uh, a country decides to have laws saying that, for example, a person who is uh, uh, doesn't steal is executed after a year, right? Imagine how that would go. So a person either steals and then obviously the society collapses. Somebody doesn't steal. They're not caught stealing. They're executed after a year. What, like, what? So we say it's just, it's arbitrary. It could be any which way, but we see it couldn't be any which way because then obviously the society will collapse. So it stands to reason. It's the same idea with everything else. If, for example, a job is arbitrary, but something to some extent, but where it's not arbitrary, the real life elements it has to involve or number in uh, several. So, for example, a job that's that's going to work has to provide some value for somebody. Uh, somebody uh, has to be interested in the good or service provided. Or, for or for example, let's say we want to give a job to uh, uh, to our elderly parent to move around stones from one um, uh, end of the table to the next. Right, so one thing it's humiliating if there's there's no point, and the other thing we at least have to be providing some kind of good or service that somebody's interested in because if we're doing the same thing, then we won't be able to pay our parent to do it, and we'll and the, both we and the parent will die, or unless somebody else is taking care of us, we understand. So at some point, obviously, the, here the the craziness can the disconnection from reality can go up to a certain extent. Somebody. Uh, is very rich. They made their money somehow or some fortune, and then they can provide some kind of silly job. But at some point, some kind of connection with reality ha- has to be made. Uh, it has to evolve eventually some kind of connection with agriculture, for example, because we have to eat. Uh, but uh, it, that's the idea there. Or, for example, sport. Uh, so there's many different rules. We can change up the rules of basketball, of football, of soccer, of any sport. But what has to be in common is that it has to be a challenge. It has to pit people against each other in a way such that it calls for excuse me, excellence in the people involved. If it doesn't call for excellence, then it fails its job as a sport and it's not going to do, excuse me, fulfill the role of of being something of instrument to individuals. For example, there's a sport where it, it, it involves two teams sitting and there's no rules whatsoever. You just sit. <laughs> right? There's no winning, there's no losing, but it's called a sport. Oh, what's the difference, right? You can change the amount of points you get in basketball and soccer, so we changed up the rules, 
Right? There you have to run, here you have to sit. What's the big deal? So no, it wouldn't work because it doesn't involve reality. It doesn't demand excellence. Anybody can do it with that, with any kind of degree of effort. So consequently, it wouldn't call for anything from people. It wouldn't force people to improve. On the other hand, something's very difficult. For example, um, soccer, for example, baseball, for example, football, boxing, MMA, anything is very difficult. It demands physical capacities. It demands talent, and then to succeed, a person has to be disciplined. A person has to fight their laziness. A person has to have self-control. So all these real things in reality that are not arbitrary then get involved. So it's the same thing we would say with any and every discipline, any and everything. In order for something to be effective, it might be arbitrary, but it has to involve real things. If we come up with a system of thought where what counts for worthwhile thought is saying any string of, uh, of sentences in any which way or combining words in any which way, it's not going to mean anything at all, right? I'm so profound if I simply can connect a bunch of words that I right-click on on Microsoft Word. It's not going to count. If we have art where there's no uh, criteria whatsoever of excellence and somebody could splatter something uh, without any kind of uh, skill being required whatsoever, we can call it anything we want, but we see that it's not going to demand it's not going to make people greater than they were in all likelihood. If we have a system of math where we say that any combination of numbers can be arranged any which way and will be deemed correct, then it also doesn't do anything for us. 2 plus 2 is 5, 10 times 10 is 100. It doesn't demand anything from the person. It doesn't demand discipline. But that which demands discipline, that which is difficult to do, changes the people that are involved. So consequently, we see that it's much more interesting to class levels of performance sometimes than even to class uh, what it is that a person is doing. So to make that clear, we can ask who has something more in common, a grandmaster in chess and a master, uh, let's say, um, a high-level singer or uh, somebody that uh, is a, a scuba diving for fun and um, somebody that, uh, and another scuba diver that scuba dives at the professional level, at a high level, at a competitive level, if there's such a thing, maybe a competitive breath holder who, who, who free dives. We would say, uh, maybe we didn't get those examples, we, we, we went a little superfluous there, but we would say that the people that are excellent have more in common no matter what it is that we do. To make it even more clear, we would say that an NBA player has more in common with an NFL player then an NBA player has in common with a, a, a JV lazy uh, uh, kid that, that plays basketball. Why? Because it, it, what's interesting is not the arbitrary rules that this person happens to be dribbling a ball right, in a, in a, without too much skill. What's interesting is what was called for uh, from the person. To what extent did the person have to change him or herself to be excellent? So we see, again, uh, a master physicist has more in common with a master philosopher than a master physicist has in common with somebody that reads up on physics terms on the internet. Quantum, schmantum, this and that. A master writer has more in common with a master uh, um, uh, martial artist than, a ma- than, than with a... a than with an amateur writer that, that just writes who knows what. The interesting thing is the mastery. It's not the particular game. So that's the idea. We can have very many arbitrary combinations of rules and regulations, and we can switch things up virtually any which way. But in order for it to not be a joke, in order for it to have any uh, uh, kind of uh, interesting thing to say about us and its participants, an activity has to, has to, has to demand excellence from us. It has to be difficult to do, and better yet, it has to attract 
first-rate individuals that are interested in competing. So we see maybe some very obscure martial art, for example. It might be very difficult. It might demand excellence. But if it only attracts people that are not exactly uh, NFL-caliber athletic talent, it still might not be all that interesting. It still might be a bunch of uh, who knows who that, that yeah, they, they master something difficult, maybe, you know, who knows what, but it's still not that interesting. But if something is very difficult and it demands uh, or it, it uh, demands the attention of first uh, first rate individuals, then it's a it's a whole different story. And then we really have uh, a meal for producing, excuse me, excellent individuals. And uh, that really is obviously the uh that's the, 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 the thing that makes being a person worth it is the capacity to pursue excellence. If we only had garbage, if we only had nonsense and amateurism, there wouldn't be any interest in being a person in the first place because what's the point? To be a scrub, to be a, a, a human scrub, there's no interest in that. So we say that these things, when we lose, we want to just get rid sometimes of the whole category, say there's no such thing as competition, there's no such thing as good and bad, but here we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. We lost... We have to admit we lost, but we definitely still want the the, the tears and, and, and the, the capacity to to, uh, to bring out excellence in individuals. So that's the idea. We can think about it. Thank you for listening.